The idea of just enough is establishing boundaries, not only with physical possessions, but with time, with money. Because the reality is the pursuit of more money for me meant that I was actually taking time away from the things that I really loved and enjoyed doing. everyone, I'm Maria Sansone and welcome to another edition of mom to mom the podcast. Let me ask you a question. Are you a tidy person or are you a messy person? Ooh, good question. If you were to ask my mom, she would say I'm a wrecking ball. <laughs> but uh, that's what therapy's for. Anyway, today I am opening the doors to the mom cave to a dad. And he's not just any dad. He is the tidy dad. His real name is Tyler Moore, and he is the master when it comes to tidying both our physical and mental spaces to make room for what's important in life. And I feel like right now, around the holidays and everything, this is the perfect time to get focused and get present. So I'm so excited for this conversation. And you know, this whole experience has not been easy for Tyler. So we really go there. He really opened up and shares some things about his life and how he went from messy to tidy, how he went from always hungry for more to living with what he considers just enough. And it really got me thinking about what my just enough really is. And he's got some great tips on how we can get started cleaning up our acts and cleaning up our lives. So I hope you like this one as much as I did. Here's my conversation with the tidy dad, Tyler Moore. Tyler, the tidy dad, welcome to the mom cave. Thanks. I'm so excited. I always like to crash these mom parties that I feel like in so many ways. I mean, I have three daughters. I have my wife. I have two sisters growing up. I'm oh. a teacher, so I'm surrounded by women all the time. So it <laughs> is, it's a very welcoming feeling that I have. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm so excited to dive into this. I could use a little bit of tidiness in my life, both mentally and actually around the house. And so I yeah. know you are the perfect guy for the job, but this didn't all come together for you, like in a neatly packaged situation. So tell us how this all came to be the tidy dad. Yeah. So I was your classic, like people pleaser and your classic person that could hold everything together. So mm. I like to say that my life, it really followed that linear path that you want for yourself, such as like I graduated from high school, I went to college, I married my high school sweetheart, we lived in Kentucky, I had this dream of, of moving to New York City. And so I thought, I'm going to apply to the best grad schools that New York City has to offer. And I got into Columbia University, wow. school part time, and then I taught full time. And life was following the, the path that I had sort of laid out for myself. But. Um, I, was, I was a teacher. Um, and then like the natural path when you are a male educator is that there are always these questions of like, when are you moving into administration? When are you going to pursue that other part of your career that can make you a little bit more money? And so mm -hmm. when we had our first daughter, she was two months old, the opportunity at my school became available. And so I thought, that's what I should do. I should become a school administrator. That's the next step on my career. Everything was sort of okay. I was able to sort of hold it together at work, balancing being a dad, all of these demands, 
until our second daughter was born. And really when our second daughter, Matilda was born, that's when life sort of imploded and became- It's always on the second one. Yes, it became this huge mess. And I like to say that with my first daughter, Mabel, it's like the very fabric of my heart was completely rewired. Mm -hmm. And there were all of these feelings that I was having that I didn't really have before, where I wasn't as passionate and driven at work. And I was like, why, why is that? I felt more of a desire to spend time at home and be with my wife and daughter, but yet the people-pleasing aspect was I had all of these employees at my school that I was responsible for supporting and encouraging and dropping everything at a moment's notice in order to support them. And I felt like mentally and emotionally, I was pulled in all of these different like sort of areas. It was, am I going to be like a solid, devoted dad? Or am I going to be seen as a really competent, successful school administrator? Given that I had followed this straight line career trajectory, I found myself saying, I'm not at all really happy with the situation that I find myself in. But the question was, what do you do about it? Do you continue? How how old were you at this time? I was, I had just turned 30. So that's, that's when those feelings started to come up. And I remember just the dread that I would feel sometimes going to work, just this feeling of my daughter and wife are at home. I'm walking into this school where there are going to be so many things that are out of my control. And I felt like I was trying to control the wrong things. I was trying to make my life as tidy as possible without really exploring what is actually the cause of this mess. And it's important to note there are people who are hardwired to be incredible school administrators. And it's nothing against my school. It was just when I really started to think about the type of work that I enjoyed doing, being reactive all the time at work, needing to solve problems while I was totally sleep deprived, feeling like I didn't really have control over what my day was going to look like or what was going to happen. It completely rocked me. And Mm -hmm. up until that point, I was able to like hold it together. And the really, the hard part of my story is that it was one fall, my second daughter, she was about seven months old and in tears, I was walking to school. And I, I had this moment where I was like, it would just be easier right now as I'm walking to like walk to, into traffic just to stop. Wow. It. And that scared me. And it's, it's worth noting that for people watching, there are those moments that just rock us where we say, oh my gosh, something has got to change. And so then I remember I got to school and after having that conscious thought, which I wasn't going to act on, but just the fact that I had allowed mm-hmm. myself to have that thought. Mm -hmm. I had to step back and I had to listen and say, something has to change. And so I took leave from my job. I had to admit that I needed to take leave. There was a newly passed paid family leave law in New York state, which allowed me to take leave because my daughter wasn't yet one. I had to admit to family and friends that I wasn't okay. And my parents, you know, my sisters, they knew a little bit of what was going on, but I, again, I was your classic people pleaser. I put on that smiling face every day and acted as if everything was okay because 
so often with men and women, we aren't able to let our guards down and we don't want to expose the mess because it just opens up, at least in my case, I was like, what will people say about me? How will people view me? Will they no longer see me as successful or put together? And so with the help of a therapist, which again, I, I highly recommend a therapist to just piece through some of the mess and help make sense of this. I think everyone should go to therapy if they can. If you have the means and it's a possibility, run, don't walk to therapy. Yes, I it's a luxury. It, it is. And so, you know, that's when I started to make sense of the mess. But then where Tidy Dad comes in, I was home for a few days uh, on leave. It was right after our Christmas holiday. And my wife, you know, we had two kids. We're in a small space, 750 square feet in New York City. Oh, um, yeah. Been there. Got that postcard. Yeah. We, I was like, what do we do with these kids? It's like our oldest, we were moving her into a toddler bed. We had the crib. It was like, where do they fit? So I had the grand idea of let's just switch bedrooms. Let's give the girls the largest bedroom. We'll take the smallest bedroom. And my wife was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I don't know since you're on leave, like you're only two days in, I really don't think that you should throw yourself into a project. I think that you should just like give yourself a little bit of space to like breathe. Because us wives have seen this program before where dads are home and they're like, let's reinvent the wheel. And you're like, no, no, no. This is how we've been doing it for a while. But that's cute. Yes. But for you, it was very different. For you, it was the mission. Yes. And so she left with our two girls. She went out shopping with her sister and she came back in and I imploded the apartment because I thought if I can move all the furniture, then she'll think this is a great idea. But it was, again, it, that's just another metaphor for where I was, which yeah. was I was grabbing for these quick fixes without stepping back and giving myself space to breathe and process. And so we did end up flipping bedrooms with the girls. It did, it, it was a great organizational thing that we did for our family, but it happened at the same time that I was having this crisis And also feeling like I didn't have anyone really to talk to apart from my therapist, but definitely not other dads to really identify with this emotional struggle that I was feeling. Well, Tidy Dad, we have been chatting a lot about your story and how you sort of got here. But a lot of what you're doing, whether you set out to do this or not, is really challenging some of those stereotypes that we have for men and for dads. Was that something you felt like you were up against this whole time? I do feel like it was, especially professionally, because I felt like there honestly was something wrong with me because I wasn't desiring more and more and more from my career. And when I say desiring more, the idea is that as we progress through our careers, we continue to take on positional power. And so often in workplaces and in society, the more people you manage, the more successful you appear to others. And the idea is is that you should want more and more and more responsibilities. But what I found was that pursuit of more actually took me away from the things that actually brought joy, both personally and professionally. When I was a school administrator, the moments that I loved most were the moments that I was in the classroom with the kids. And when I was able to dig in with the teachers and help to give them strategies, or when I was able to go up and actually teach part of the lesson. And I realized that my responsibilities and work had actually taken me away from 
that joy. The same is true with whenever you're an administrator or you're managing people. There are these expectations around email. Email is just the bane of everyone's existence, that there's always this email that has to be sort of responded to. And I felt like when I was out of school, I was then expected to be on at home, which meant that I had to be logging onto my computer while at the same time I had two little ones who were right at my feet, you know, wanting me to play with them or just needing something. As you know, between snacks and cleaning up messes, kids have so many needs. And I felt like I was just pulled in two different directions. And so when I was able to step back and stop and say, you know what? Who is putting this pressure on me? I don't even know who these people are. I'm putting this pressure on myself. There are all of these expectations that I have for my career, for my responsibilities. But what if I really step back and start to think about this concept of just enough? And I think that just enough is this mentality that I've adopted that can be applied to so many different things. But the idea of just enough is establishing boundaries, not only with physical possessions, but with time, with money. Because the reality is the pursuit of more money for me meant that I was actually taking time away from the things that I really loved and enjoyed doing. I didn't have the mental energy to, and it sounds silly, but I, I love cleaning. So even having the energy to like wake up and clean in the mornings or feel like on Saturday mornings that I just wanted to get out and play with my girls, but actually I felt like, no, I needed to like prep and prepare for work on Monday. So I didn't feel all of those Sunday blues. The Sunday scaries. Yeah, but we so often we pursue more and more and more, whether it's more square footage, whether it's more positional power, whether it's more clothing to put into our closets to make us feel better about ourselves. But when you strip all that away, which is what the tidying process does. The tidying process, it helps to strip away all of those sort of feelings and emotions that we have that are underlying the accumulation of stuff. And when you really sit with, why did I bring all of that stuff into my physical space? Or why did I feel the need to pursue this job that I knew probably wasn't right for me? You then have to sit with those feelings unpack them and then begin to make meaning of that mess and and start to put little things in order. So yes. tight exists on so many different levels. But for me, that concept of just enough has been powerful. And I definitely want to get into that. So how practically we can tidy up our lives. And also you said you loved cleaning mm-hmm. and I need you to teach me how to do that. But, but, but first, I just want to say everything that you've said up until this point is it's so refreshing to hear this coming from a man, because these are conversations I have with women who like me are very ambitious and career oriented and have even at times been the breadwinner, quote unquote, for the family. So we have some of those pressures. It's not the 1950s, you know, so, so women still feel all those things you were feeling and it felt like it was reserved just for us. So it's nice to hear it coming from a man, you know, that, that you felt totally different after you had kids at work and your priorities were different and things like that. And I feel like, I feel like if men start talking about it, it changes the conversation for women because women so often feel like in their, just speaking from women that I've spoken to, even my own wife, even my, I have a co-teacher at school who's pregnant right now, and she's wrestling with the same things. Your whole fabric of being changes. And when more men, one, admit that they can't have it all, like men can't have it all, just like women can't. Because when I was pursuing 
all of that time outside of the home, what I was missing out on was my children. And looking back, I can't get back those Saturdays that I spent on my computer. But what I can do now is recognize that I have all of my Saturdays moving forward. And I learned, you know, I had this crisis at 30, which I'm glad that it came when it did, because I was able to shift that mindset. My oldest daughter, she doesn't really know me as the messy dad, even though sometimes she likes to make jokes because she knows me as tidy dad. And she's like, dad, you're really messy dad. But she doesn't know me as the true messy dad. She sees what I've been able to become by setting some of these boundaries. But I do feel like men and women both, when we just start talking about it and admit when we don't have everything together or when we need help, it then inherently helps the people that are around us because nobody has it together. And I think there's a lot of people who are chasing that perfect life of having it all together and having the big job and having the house full of things and having the, the next thing. But then they realize as they're getting there, they're still not happy and they're not fulfilled because there was something else that was going on all 100%. along. So it's like digging down and figuring out what that is before you waste all your time getting all that crap and <laughs> filling your house and missing out. Yes. And, and using that crap as a, as a bandaid that it does, you know, like it feels good sometimes to bring those things in, but yet it also does mask these true issues that might be underlying what's going on. Do you ever miss the old life or what Tyler coulda, woulda been if you had stayed on the trajectory that you were with your career? I do wonder sometimes what might have, have come from it, but honestly, being able to use the platform that I now have as Tidy Dad in so many ways far exceeds the expectations that I had made for myself. So being able to share, you know, whether it be quick organizing tips or being able to share something more profound as how through therapy, I was able to make sense of the mess of the life that I was in. That is what has made this journey really rewarding. And there are little moments now that, you know, when I stepped back from administration into teaching, I remained at the same school. And one of the toughest things is to admit to your coworkers and your colleagues that not only have you decided not to take a promotion, you haven't decided to keep your same job, but you've actually decided to take a demotion. That is an interesting conversation to have with people as to explain why you did that. As hard as that was several years ago, there are little joys now of like being able to walk with my daughter to school every single day and being able to pick her up as soon as dismissal time allows and coming home and not having professional responsibilities to do related to work. There is a time in my life where I will want to maybe pursue more, but right now my three little girls take up so much time. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. There will come a day when they're not asking me to bake them warm breakfast in the morning or to read them that other book or to just like sit and play puzzles with them. I know this is such a short window of time. And so I'm aware that, you know what, there will be more opportunities for me to have an act two or an act three or an act four. But right now, what is just enough? Just enough is teaching. Just enough is pursuing my interests as tidy dad. Just enough is being as present a father as I can to my three girls and being okay with having extra space in my life just to fill with things that bring joy as opposed to 
being on this rat race and trying to keep up with all of the other dads who are out there or the other moms and feeling like I should be doing more because the reality is just enough is personal to each person. My definition is different from yours than from my wife, than from my coworkers, but being okay with how I define just enough has been really powerful. Tyler, it's been great hearing your story and how you wound up becoming the tidy dad, but now it's time to get practical and it's time to pick your brain because so many of us, myself included, need a lot of help when it comes to tidying up. There's a lot going on in here. There's a lot going on in my physical space. What is something that you would say to people, like a quick word of advice when it comes to that first step into tidying up? Yeah, so the first step is to take care of yourself first. So one of the best ways to take care of yourself is your closet. So it is the strategy of emptying your closet, sorting through all of your clothing, and then identifying for yourself what brings joy, what doesn't. Why clothing is helpful for any individual person is because you alone know what feels good, what you like. It doesn't take extra people. You don't need other people to come in and say, oh, that looks good on you, or no, that don't. That doesn't really study yourself and think. And so for me, I got all of my clothing down. I have a six foot tall closet that is 14 and a half inches wide, and it fits all of my clothing for all four seasons of living in New York City. And so even on my craziest day, and I know that it sounds strange, if the house is in total disarray, I can walk into my closet, open that door and see that everything has a place and everything feels just a little bit better. And so that's why with tidying, you've got to focus on yourself first. Start with clothing and then move on from there. Oh God, if the closet is a metaphor for where we are in life, dude. It is. It is. Disaster. Disaster. Because the saying goes that you wear 80% of your clothing 20% of the time. Math isn't my strong suit. No, no. 20% of your clothing, 80%. 80% of the time. I'm like, you know, math's not my thing, but that doesn't sound right. As as the math teacher too. Yes. 20% of your clothing, 80% of your clothing. And the rest is stuff that just sits there. No. And so like I have a capsule wardrobe. I have, I wear olives, tans, and navy, and I have everything that matches. So you play into your skin tone and then you just move from there. So that's the big one. The second is with kids, it is tidying towards independence. So what that means is we obviously want the little beings that live in our homes that like to make messes. They're hardwired to make messes, but they can also be hardwired to put things back if things are at their level. So the simple trick is like, if you want your kids to get their own water cup and plate and put it on the table when it's mealtime or snack time, then you've got to put those things at their level where they're able to reach them. If you want them to eventually someday when they're like six, put on their coat by themselves and their shoes, it starts small when they're little. My youngest daughter's 18 months, but she has a hook that's at her level. So she can go over, she can grab her coat. She can bring me her shoes because it's it's at her level. So tidying is about working towards independence because the idea is, is that then when things are messy, we can give instructions on how to put things back. But if they're not at a kid's level, then they're not at all going to be able to help keep systems running. The third is really identifying what is the cause of that flow of stuff into your space. When you recognize that you alone or a spouse 
are responsible for everything that comes into your home. You then, and you sit with that. You can't blame anyone. You can't blame your mother-in-law. You can't blame your mother. You can't blame school. You are the gatekeeper. You choose what comes in, what goes out. When you can identify why things are coming in, why they're not, start to set boundaries and have conversations with people about the flow of things coming in, that can then be transformational. So start with yourself, work towards independence, and then really assess why is everything coming in and recognize that you are responsible for what comes in, just like you're responsible for what goes out. Oh my gosh. I can't get enough of this. We could go on and on and on. I want a Tidy Dad boot camp in the future, but our time here is up. So please let everyone know where they can find you online. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at Tidy Dad and I am always on at the tidydad.com. Okay, Tyler, this was awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. All right, that's a wrap for this episode of Mom to Mom. I think we are all feeling clean and tidy now after our conversation with the Tidy Dad. Just a little housekeeping here for you always. The Mom to Mom is on TV on Mondays at 11.30 a.m. on NBC10 Boston. And you can find us wherever you find your podcast now so you can binge listen to all of these episodes. And, of course, you can always find us on Facebook. We've got a group there. All you have to do is search Mom to Mom with Maria Sansone. All right, that does it for me, and I'll see you next time here on Mom to Mom. Mom.